Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Tim DeMuff. He's Managing Director of Eloquence.com, also an author. Tim, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Christopher. Uh, thank you for hosting, welcoming me on, on your podcast. It's a real pleasure. So I see that you have a photo of a mountaintop. Where is that picture taken on your LinkedIn profile? So that's in Tibet. It's actually uh, one of the peaks. Um, the reason I chose it is because it shows the difficulty of entrepreneurship and that basically you only get the light at the top. So it's all about the journey and then you have the reward when the sun comes through. Nice. Are you actually a mountaineer? A little bit, not, not as much as, as other people, but uh, a little bit. Hmm. But it is a great analogy because people often look at the top and the peak and it's really cool and fancy. But as you, as you know, as an experienced entrepreneur, I've been, had my various companies for the last 20 years. And so it always sounds great, but I don't think they realize when you're climbing a mountain, you're climbing a mountain and everyone's like, wow, Chris, why are you so intense? It's like, because I don't have an actual day job or a, a two weeks every, you know? So it's like, I don't think people realize yeah. whether you're Elon Musk or Tim DeMuth or Christopher Kai, there is a constant, I think Elon had said it better at best actually. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of highs, highs and lows, lows, but it's like eating glass. So I'm curious, why would you yeah. even choose to be an entrepreneur if, as you mentioned, uh, using this analogy, why would you even choose to, to do this? Because you are climbing a summit. Yeah, that's a good question. So the, the, the story of, of entrepreneurship on my end was, sort of comes back to my childhood where um, I was always the kind of guy wanting to create new things, be the first one to, to try something out. Um, and it took me some time to realize that at the beginning, I went into strategy consulting, ended up by not liking, liking that much, um, this, um, this job. And it's when I met my co-founder for eloquence.com, Antoine Dubosc, that, uh, he managed to reveal with me, um, my potential to actually go ahead and, and do what I was actually meant for. So creating, um, startups and transforming my private life into my professional life. That's awesome. Let's talk about this eloquence.com. What is that about? Sure. So um, in a few words, Eloquence.com is the marketplace for professional best practices in the world of finance, strategy, startups, marketing, leadership, and HR, and many other categories. Um, to put it simply, if I had to tell a bit of story to illustrate, imagine um, a founder uh, based in San Francisco. So he's got his startup. He's got a, a meeting in two days with, a, with one of the renowned VCs, and that VC is saying, hey, you know, can you give me financial projections for your company for the next three years? Um, that founder maybe hasn't done um, business studies, um, doesn't have the necessary the budget to hire um, a professional consultant, nor the time to actually um, learn the skill to build it. And so where we come in is we offer such a person a place online where uh, he or she can find um, hundreds of financial models done by other entrepreneurs, VCs, or professionals who do this, um, and therefore basically solve uh, quite a problem um, in, in a couple of hours uh, with all the necessary features and, and experience around it. And on the other side, for people who provide this kind of content, we give them ways and um, stimulations. So um, first, the opportunity to generate passive revenue. We've got some authors who make more than 2,000 USD every month. Um, personal branding, it's great as well to you know, show you're sharing um, and that you've got content to, um, to basically extend um, uh, into new 
environments. And then the third reason, of course, is just the pleasure of, of sharing and seeing what you've done in the past that worked for you being used by hundreds of other people across the world successfully. And that's fascinating because, again, when we talked prior to the podcast, you talked about best practices, and I'm very familiar with that. I used to work for American Express. And just in general, when you talk to leaders and executives, they always talk about, well, what are the best practices of these companies? And so it's a fascinating marketplace. And so what, what is your role in, in all this? Like, How do you go about helping and growing this, this company? So, yeah, my role was basically to take the company off the ground. So um, originally we had a, a single website with one author who was my co-founder. And he basically missioned me to extend this website to many authors because he found that there were many other people with the same mindset as him. So sharing best practices um, to, for monetization purposes and personal branding. Um, and so what I had to do is um, do a classic founder's job. So um, build the product, um, find the first, uh, what we call authors to share these best practices, um, connect them with the users. So the, the classic chicken and egg uh, issue and then grow that platform in collaboration with all these different parties and, and the team that we can, that we built over the time. So that's my role and my role now, since the platform is bigger, we have 380 authors and 150,000 registered users is to actually bring it to scale. So it's a totally different job from the previous one I had in the past four years. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Again, it, it's, it's, I'm trying to find an analogy to share, but it's almost like you have all these, these companies like a LinkedIn Learning that bought Lynda.com or of course Coursera, but in your case, it's like real deal flow because it's, it's very rare to be able to find a resource like this that's open yeah. to anyone in the world. Of course, you're, you're vetting them obviously, but that's very fascinating. Yeah. So. What do you think, given that you, you are really the, the, the conductor, if you will, of this, this beautiful symphony of, of best practices, what are some key things that you can share with us about what you've learned that you can share with our listeners about best practices? Just in that, what are some things that you found interesting? Because it's such a wide range of things. You mentioned yes. startups and finance. That alone yeah. is, is different. So what, do you, yeah. what can you share with our audience that, that might be interesting as a... Um, an entrepreneur or an executive? Yeah, sure. So as I came through that classic entrepreneurial journey in the past four years, um, I had to basically build on what others had um, experienced too. So um, it was fun hunting for uh, experts, uh, sharing best practices in the world of startups, parallelly to building one, actually. So uh, that's why how I came across uh, people such as Guy Kawasaki, Bill Richard from, from uh, Garage Technology Ventures, but also Sequoia Capital and many other experts in the entrepreneurial world. Um, and the types of best practices which really caught my eye, I'd say at first, were the all the best practices linked to the lean startup uh, movement um, and to try to build as well a product that basically a, a small number of people love rather than trying to scale too quickly and doing something uh, which doesn't have a, a beating heart. So that's that's these are the kinds of best practices I would encourage people to have a look at if you're an early stage founder and you're looking to start really is everything around lean startup, around custom acquisition and um, co-building that with them. The rest will come in progressively, but you need to get this right, right from the start. Interesting. The last question I have for you is Tim is I saw that you have traveled around the world and worked around the world, whether it's Hong Kong or in the UK or, or Denmark, and now you're in France. What, what do you feel that you've able to learn given that you're such a, a, a global perspective and anything interesting that you can share with us? Yeah, sure. So I'd, I'd say the, the main benefit from all these, these trials that I had is I've learned to 
listen and to basically try and put myself in, in other people's shoes. Um, learning the coherence of other systems, their culture, the way it works, um, and trying to have a dialogue around um, very, in ways in which we significantly differ. That's, that's the conversations I've loved the most and that have basically um, helped me, and I'm sure many other people can, can recognize themselves in this, um, uh, have the right kind of attitude towards uncertainty and a world where you don't know much and where you have to, to learn by discussing and um, asking the right questions. So yeah, that that's really the key, the key outfit from 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 all these experiences. Great, Tim. Thanks so much for being on our podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you? So uh, you can reach me on my LinkedIn, so Tim Demore. Um, but you can you can also reach me, of course, on Twitter and on my Eloquence channel, where I share some some best practices relative to startups and and strategy consulting, which is a little hobby of mine as well on the side, notably frameworks and other things like that. Great, Tim, thanks for your time. Have a great day. Pleasure, Christopher. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.